0: Amen. Well, I don't know about you. I hope that this series that we've been doing on confidence is doing as much for you as it is for me. I'm telling you, God's really stirring this stuff up inside of me, and it's actually hard to, uh, to, to, to read the book and find anything else in there. It's just everything I'm looking at ties right back to this issue. And the reality is, is that God wants you to live with some great confidence. Uh, you know, when your confidence is bigger, your life's going to get better. I said, when your confidence gets bigger, your life's going to be better. Some of y'all could use a better life. Amen. You know, some of you guys, you know, in King James, your life sucketh, and you need to change that. You, you, you You need to realize that Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. That you'd have life to the full, to the top, till it's overflowing. More life than death. More hope than sorrow. More peace than chaos, more provision than lack, more health than than sickness. Come on, somebody. The life that Jesus came and and, and that he's trying to reestablish with his people is not a life that's defeated. It's not a life that's broken. We're not living beat up from the street up. You're supposed to get out of bed every day and absolutely humiliate hell. I'm not telling you that you're never going to have another challenge in life. You're going to have a bunch of them. You might have some challenges before the service is over. I see who you're sitting by. You you, you might have to, you you know, you might have to muster up some courage. You know, uh, it's like uh, when God was talking to Joshua and he kept telling him, be strong and very courageous. It's going to take some courage. It's going to take a backbone. It's going to take some effort. But the reality is, is that you cannot live a life that's a humiliation to hell without confidence. Well, it's just not my personality. Well, then change it. Hello, change it. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's new. The old personality's gone. Get a hold of a new one. That's my translation, but it's basically good. Get a new one. Get an attitude. You know, just decide that from this moment forward, I'm going to build great confidence. Not going to live timid, not going to live fearful, not going to be afraid. I mean, isn't it kind of weird to you that uh, people who, who, are, who are chasing after God have this mindset? We, somewhere we got talking to the uh, uh, idea that what we have to do is fly under the radar because we don't want to offend anybody. Why does it offend people when you've got victory? And when you have victory, why would you be ashamed to tell them where you got it? Now, I just got to tell you something, that all my strength comes from the Lord. Amen. You guys are going to do me a favor. Somebody's going to walk over to that thermostat and turn the fan to on so it quits going off and on. Because when it goes off, it irritates me. And I ask for that confidently. Notice how quiet it got? I can't handle that kind of quietness. You know, I need it all the time just so I can breathe. Amen. Amen. You, you you gotta grow some confidence muscles. Come on. God didn't save you so you'd be safe. He saved you so you'd be dangerous. So 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 you just need to live a dangerous lifestyle. And you're not going to do that without great confidence. Look at somebody and look them right in the eyeball. Don't look past them. Don't look through them. Don't look above them. Look them right in the eyeball and say, grow some confidence. (laughs) Here's the deal is that God's going to give you promises. Okay, I said God's going to give you promises. If you hang out with God at all, if you get in the word at all, you're going to start to discover some things in the word of God that you're going to say, I want that. Now, now, I got good news the Bible says that all the promises in him are yes and amen. You know, that means you can have any of them. God's no respecter of persons. What well, he's done for one guy, he'll do for you. You know, but it's, it, and, and I'm telling you that it's going to line up with his will and, and all of that great stuff. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people, will, well, you know, well, if it's the Lord's will, you what you need to worry about is God's way. You, you need to do life God's way. Matthew six thirty three says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and his way of being right. You need to live life God's way. See, what you and I do is we get all stubborn and stiff-necked, and we're going to live life our way. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way that seems right to you, but it really stinks. It says the end is death. Death is separation from what? From what God's trying to produce in your life. When you're trying to do life your way, you're not going to have a collision with his will. You're never going to get the will of God doing life your way. You've got to do life God's way. The enemy's telling you that his way is so awkward and so out there and so outdated that you couldn't possibly do it his way. But I'm here tonight to tell you that's just a lie from the pit of hell. That God's way is not some weird, strange thing. It's just His way. And, you know, remember in Isaiah, He said, uh, My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, so are my ways higher than your ways. So instead of always taking the, the you know, your way, which is the lower way, he, He's calling us up to a higher way, His way. And when you live in life His way, you're going to have a collision with His will. So you just need to, you need to pursue God's way. God, what would your way be in, in my current situation, my this particular uh, circumstance that I'm in, how do I do this your way? Do it his way. You're going to get his will, get his will, and you're going to see his promises unfolding in your life. And, and remember, remember when Jesus came to the guys and he told them, he said, hey, let's go over to the other side. And and they got in the boat and, and, uh, and they took off and they headed, you know, exactly where he said, let's go to the other side. And, and in the middle of the night, uh, a great storm came up. It was not expected. It wasn't on the forecast. When they watched the weather that night, it said it was going to be sunny, but they took off and got out in the middle of the sea and the storm came up. It was a hurricane proportion storm, right? But did it stop them? Come on, Bible scholars. Did it stop them? Did they make it to the other side? So you're you're always going to go where he said, What we do is we freak out in the middle and we assume that we're not going to make it because the wind started blowing. Well, you and I know we've lived in eastern Washington long enough that the wind's going to blow every stinking day. So we ought not be too shocked when the wind begins to blow. Hello. But what you've got there is a picture of how God works. You have the shore of promise given and then there's the shore of promise received. The shore of promise given is always separated from the shore of promise received by the sea of storms. It always is. Anytime you go out to pursue the promise that God's put in your heart, you're going to have to face a sea of storms. It ain't coming easy. If it was coming easy, everybody'd be doing it. But the reality is is that well Matthew 11:12 from the days of John the Baptist even until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence the violent take it by force you know if you're going to get what God has for you you're going to have to have an attitude you're going to have to have some confidence because the enemy's trying to separate you from reaching the end that God declared over you at the beginning right we know that God declared the end at the beginning. We get in the middle and, we're, and, and the wind starts blowing. So we want to cave in, give up and quit. But God said, you know what? You got you to gotta have some confidence. You can't, you can't just keep giving up all the time. Come on, you can't give up on your marriage. Stop giving up on your marriage. Stop giving up on your business. Quit caving in every time the stuff gets hard. Yeah, but I prayed, and Jesus is supposed to make it easy. Get your big boy pants on you, sissy. Come on. Toughen up, buttercup. We're going to go do something for God. And, and it's not going to be easy to possess the land that God's called us to. We're going to face some opposition. So what? You're going you're to have to just get an attitude. Have some confidence that if God said it, guess what? It's true. Have you ever seen that bumper sticker It says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it? I don't care whether you believe it or not. God said it, that settles it. And when He gives the promise, if you hang on, guess where you're going to go? To the production of that promise. I, I love 1 Kings twenty-two forty-eight. 48. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to get to my message tonight. I told the guys on my way to church, I knew God was going to show up and I was going to feel good. Because, uh, you know, even during worship, I can just feel the presence of God pulling us to something. The, I, I love the verse It says that Jehoshaphat created ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not for they were broken at Ejon Geber. Is that not the best verse in the entire Bible? Jehoshaphat was a king. The king created ships, ships or vessels. He created them to go get gold. They didn't make it because they, they, they got broken. They stayed in a harbor during a storm instead of launching out to sea. They beat against the dock and, and they sank right there. Okay, it's a historical fact. Jehoshaphat is a king. We have a king. Jehoshaphat created vessels. Our king created vessels. You're a vessel created by the hand of God. And he created you to go get the gold. But if you just stay in the peaceful harbor, instead of launching out in the sea, you're going to beat up against the dock and you're going to get broken. You're going to get sunk right where you are. And you're never going to carry the gold that you were created to carry. And Jean Givers, two words put together to make one word, back and bone. So, so the king created vessels to go get the gold, but they didn't get the gold because they didn't have the backbone to face the storm that was trying to prevent them from reaching their goal. You're probably going to have to buy a CD. In order to conquer the storm, you're going to have to have a backbone. Hello, somebody. You, you're going to have to have a backbone. It's going to take a backbone to do what God's called you to do. But if you, if you can just develop some confidence, can I tell you that God has positioned you with the, with the opportunity to change the stinking world? Man, you, your life can make a, an amazing, radical difference on the face of the planet if you'll just get some confidence. But if you won't grow your confidence, you're going to sink right where you are. And all they're going to do is, is you know, use your remains for people that like to go deep sea diving without having to get deep. You're going to be right along the shore of life, sunk. I mean, that's going to suck. But if you can get a backbone, if you can stir up some courage, you can, you can launch out. And let me tell you what being golden is in your life, is carrying the cargo that you were created to carry is achieving, you know, God said in Jeremiah one five that be, be, before I formed you, I knew you and, and, and I've, I've sanctified you, I've ordained you. He said be, before I started shaping you, before I started putting you into any mold, I knew where you were going to fit. And I used that information to shape you. You, you haven't gone through all of this stuff that, just to ruin your world. You've gone through what you've gone through to shape you to fit where God wants you. And if you, if you would just have some confidence that God knows what he's doing. God is great. You, you know, I, I, lo- I love stuff that we say and we haven't got a clue what it means. You know, like God is good. You can go anywhere in the world, stand on the platform, grab a microphone. If you never know what to do, just say, God is good. And people will say, and all the time, it works anywhere in the world. Most people haven't got a clue what the word good even means. They, they think God is good. What does that mean? He's, he's nice. God is good. Hmm. What does it mean? The word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. So if God ever shows up in your world, your world's gonna get better. I mean, if you if you just believe that God is good, you'd quit acting like life is over. If you know God is great, well, what does great mean? It's the ultimate power. There's no power above Him. There's no force that can withstand Him. There's no authority. That diminishes him. He is large and he is in charge. If God be for us, who gives a rip who's against us? Hello? If you could, ju- if you could just understand, that ought to build courage in you. You know, it's, it's really odd to me that we trust God for our eternal security. but We have a hard time trusting him for our daily bread. We believe that He's going to save my soul. Now, now, who could be good enough? What? Who who could possibly do enough right to be right with God? But we believe that Jesus paid it all. But He can't afford my last mistake. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's an idiot. Tell him, you, you know. The, the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you either built up with confidence or beat up by somebody with confidence before the night's over. <laughs> you know, it, it's just amazing to me how we live, and and, and that's why Hebrews ten thirty five is so vital to us. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Don't let go of it. Cast not therefore away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Don't let anything. If you're going to lose something, lose anything except your confidence. Lose your temper. Go ahead. Don't lose your confidence. Lose your wallet. You ever, you ever lost your wallet? Isn't that a weird feeling? You, you know, uh, most people, most people, when they lose their wallet, you know, w- within 24 to 48 hours, they start calling credit card companies and, and, and uh, you know, the DMV. Ever lost your phone? Within a matter of moments. <laughs> I mean, you can lose your wallet, make it a day or two. Lose your phone. Oh, my God. Your confidence should be at least as valuable as your phone. Hello, somebody. Oh, my God, my confidence is gone. Get it back. Okay, do whatever it takes. Get it back. Because that's tied to your reward. Check this out in Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 14. He said, and we're going to read it from the Good News Translation. Uh. I, I hope I want to make sure this says exactly what mine says, because, uh, you know, they keep changing these translations. So in my book, it's a little different than in that one already it says, my friends, be careful that none of you have a heart so evil and unbelieving that you will turn away. Well, I would never turn from God when you stop trusting God, you're turning away from him. He said, be careful. Why would he say be careful? Because it's easy to do. Be careful that you don't turn away from the living God. Look at verse 13. Instead, in order that none of you be deceived by sin and become stubborn. Oh, that would never happen to you. He said, here's what I want you to do. Help each other. Help each other. You know what? You need some people in your life who can help you maintain your confidence. You need some folks who will speak the truth to you. You've got to quit looking for people who will agree with you. Okay, and help one another every day. Look at verse 14. For we are partners with Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at the beginning. Oh my gosh. Man, if you don't get nothing else, get this one. Take that verse and have it tattooed on your forehead backwards. So that when you look in the mirror in the morning, you can read it. I'm a partner with Christ if, everybody say if. if. See, if you let go of your confidence, what's broken? Your partnership with Christ. Why is the enemy working so hard to sabotage your confidence? Because you can't walk with God without confidence. You're not doing the God walk. When your confidence is failing. You, if we hold firmly to the end, the confidence that we had at the beginning. Hello, somebody. It's really possible that the reward is a lot greater than you think. Now, I know I could start a theological war, which wouldn't be beyond me. But I, I think there's a lot of people, this is just me talking now, but I, I, believe, I believe there's a lot of people who are going to be sadly upset when they find out that heaven's not going to be filled with cowards that made it in by grace. I think heaven's going to be filled with warriors. Because of the grace of God. The children of Israel, remember when they didn't make it into the promised land? And the Bible says, uh, due to their unbelief, they didn't get what they had been promised because they stopped believing in the middle. Hello, somebody. They threw away their confidence. What they put their trust in? Stuff they'd made with their own hands. Well, that's kind of scary because I know a lot of people that have more confidence in what they can do than in what God can do. You all right? I mean, don't 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 get mad. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. If we're not careful, according to the verse we read, we'll end up inadvertently turning away from the living God. What How'd they do that? They forgot that God is great and God is good. You have to say good in order for it to rhyme with food. Psalms 62, 11. Check this out. This, this is so awesome. Last, last week I used this verse and, and, it's, and it's just been, man, I'm telling you what, God has used this this week in my life. It's been crazy. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God and loving kindness is yours, O Lord, for you recompense a man according to his work. Look, look at 11 again. Once God has spoken... Twice I have heard this. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. God is good. God is great. Okay? Can I just remind you that the better you know God, the bigger your confidence is going to be. So, so you know, you, get, you, you need to get to know God. How do I get to know God? You get in the Word of God. Right? Faith cometh by hearing. Okay, so life's better when confidence is bigger, so I'm going to build my confidence. How am I going to do that? I'm going to get greater faith in God. How am I going to do that? Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. He said, once, once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. Can I tell you that what you hear matters? You might even want to write that down and, and, and meditate on it. What you hear matters. Let me tell you what you're going to hear from this pastor. Have some confidence. Okay? Uh, when you don't know what to do, trust God. Have confidence in God. When, the, when, when, when it seems there's no way out, have some confidence. Hello, somebody. You know, when your mistakes mount up, have some confidence. You know what you're going to hear from me. Here's the question. Here's the real issue. What are you going to hear from you? Once God has spoken twice, I have heard this. Listen, uh, it just I couldn't get away from it. So I started studying and started reading some commentaries. Matthew Henry made this statement. It's crazy. Good. He said to some God speaks twice and they will not even hear once. But to others, God speaks once and they hear twice. Isn't that good? To some, God speaks twice. They don't hear him once. To others, God speaks once and they hear him twice. How does that happen? David talked to himself. God said it once. I've heard it a couple times because I've repeated what God said. Hello, somebody. Let me tell you something about unhappy, discouraged, beat up, no confidence. They do not talk to themselves, they listen to themselves. But we're up in stuff now. You don't want to listen to yourself, you want to talk to yourself. Because when you listen to yourself, all you hear are the mistakes that you've made and the problems that are too big and the the fact that there is no way out. But when you talk to yourself, if you are a student of the word of God, you begin to speak God's word to you and you grow your confidence instead of throw your confidence. So you got to stop listening to you and you got to start talking to you. Hello, somebody. What you hear matters. And can I just tell you something about voices that you have confidence in? You don't believe nobody like you believe you. You know, they've done scientific studies. Back it up and prove it. But, that you, you know, you, you've got two ears, an outer ear and an inner ear. And when you hear things with your outer ear, it, it, it triggers a different part of your brain than when you hear stuff with your inner ear. Re- remember uh, tape cassettes? Remember, remember, remember those... Son- some of these kids, we should, I should have had one like, like as, as a, you know, a, a prop, you know, so that you could see it, you know, do an illustration. Because a lot of these people in this room are getting so young, they, they don't even know what a cassette is. And, uh, but the cassette, you know, you used to, you, you know, you push play and record at the same time and you'd talk, right? And, and, and uh, what we used to do is in the car, we'd record conversations without telling our parents so that we could try to find it and use it against them later, edit it, you know. And, uh, uh, but over and over and over again, people would always say when they would hear themselves on a cassette, like, it's like if, if, if we record you and, and then play it back, almost always people say, I don't sound like that. And everybody else says, yes, you do, that's you. I don't sound like that. It's because you hear you with your inner ear. And when you suddenly hear you with your outer ear, you think, who is that crazy person trying to imitate me? (laughs) Your inner ear triggers a part of the brain that retains information. Your outer ear registers in a part of your brain that considers information. Information. When you start talking to you. You can start growing your faith. I think that's why Mark 424 in the Amplified says it's the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. That determines the virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. The power that God's word produces in your life is based upon the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. See, people come up all week long and, 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 and don't feel bad. I, I don't want you to stop seeking help. But quite often they come for help in areas we've already provided the answer, but they didn't receive the answer because they didn't hear it. They listen to it. And then you've got to convince them that this really is the answer for you. And then they start disclosing what they've been thinking to themselves And when you ask him, well, what have you been talking to yourself about? Well, people who talk to themselves are crazy. Have you read the Bible? Read Psalms. David's over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. He's talking to himself. You need to be talking to yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, right after church, start. He repeated... (laughs) Some of you guys, okay, that's another message. Okay. Look at at what he said in Psalm 62, verse 8. I love it in Amplified. He said, trust in, lean on, rely on, and have confidence in Him at all times, you people. I, I love this. Come on, you people. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. Rely on Him. Have confidence in Him at all times. Pour out your heart before Him, not to your neighbor. Again, you've been looking for people who agree with you. You need to look to somebody who can help you. God can help you. He is a refuge for us. God is our fortress. God is our heart, our high tower. Have confidence in him at all times. At all times. Again, isn't it weird how we talk about trusting God until we don't like what's happening? I have faith in God unless I don't see what I like then I'm going to take matters into my hand and I'm going to fix it. And that's really worked out good for you in the past, huh? The last five marriages, what happened to those? Now, if you've been married a lot, don't... I'm not trying to throw condemnation at you. But why don't you take this one and let God direct it. Hello, somebody? I I want to real quick... I just want to go to Psalm 62. There's only 12 verses there. And, and I, I, just, I just want to show you a couple of things and just read it real quick. He said, my soul waits in silence for God only. He, he, what, what he's saying is, I'll quiet my soul and submit to God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. He did not say, I shall not be shaken. He said, I won't be shaken greatly. Hello. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him? All of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence. They have counseled only to thrust him down from his high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul... Wait in silence for God only. My hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of rank are a lie. In the balances they go up, they are together, lighter than breath. Do not trust in oppression, and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart on those. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard it. Power belongs to God, and loving kindness is yours. Now, now listen, just a real quick background on this chapter, because I, I, I would hope that you would take this chapter and read it all week long. But most of us are going to struggle with really wrapping our heart around what he's saying here because most of us haven't been in the position that he's describing that he's in. He has people. They're not trying to overthrow his kingdom. They're not trying to get him fired. They're trying to murder him. They're not stirring up political strategies to upset his position. They're trying to kill him. Take him out. Armies, not a couple of guys with a bad, you know, uh, with a bad attitude. We're talking about, you know, people that are trying to kill him. Try, and that's what he's talking about, you know, in, in, in verses three and four. And he said, you know, and they, they bless you with their lips, but inwardly they're working against you. But what he says it, uh, about it, he said, but I, but but my soul waits in silence for God only. He only is my rock. He only is my salvation. He only is my stronghold. He says in in, in verse uh, five, my soul waits in silence for God only. My hope is from him. He only is my, you know, four times he talks about how it's God only. I'm not putting my confidence in anything else. But in God, he said, you know what? I'm not going to trust in robbery. Neither am I going to trust in riches. What he's saying is, is that if you put your trust, if your confidence is based on finances, even if you earn it rightfully, it has the same power as someone who's stolen it, because if your confidence in, is in that, it's going to let you down that God only is my strength. God only is my rock. Only God is my helper. Only God is my strong tower. We have a confidence that's built on Him and only Him. Only the fact that He is great, and He is good. That's all I need to have insane confidence. Well, even when the thing doesn't go my way, no, I will remain unshaken. None of these things move me. Why? God is on my side. And he by repetition, He, he just hammers that concept home. and And, and you know... Every once in a while, in the middle of a threatening uh, moment, when God only God alone is our, is our salvation, do we really become acquainted with it? But we got to remember it, even when it's just the changing of the seasons. No, my trust is in God alone. Can I tell you that you're going to face times when you're under attack? Okay? You might not face a physical threat, but a spiritual one is very, very real in your life. And you, like David, you have to make God alone your salvation and your refuge. Hello, somebody. Instead of saying things like, well, God, I don't deserve this. I... No, you just rest in God and say, you know what, God, I'm putting my confidence in you. I'm going to get a backbone and not get talked out of trusting you just because the wind's beginning to blow and the boat's getting bounced all over the place. You said we're going to the other side. I think I'm going to ride this puppy out so that you can be glorified in my life. And when things aren't going the way I want them to, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to quit complaining and I'm going to start rehearsing what you've said to me. We're going over. We're going over. We're going over. We're going over. Hello, somebody and get an attitude that, that, listen, not only is He my salvation from eternal death, He raised me from death to life and gave me the faith to believe in Jesus, then He can also be my refuge in anything less than that. You, you, you can study this. You know what you're going to find about that one psalm right there? It's one of the very few that there's not one prayer in there. He's not praying and crying out to God. He's talking to people. He's talking to people. Come on, O you people. Rely on Him. Trust in Him. Have some confidence in God. Because He, He's the only one that really you can count on. If you get it planned out in your mind and you devise a way to make it through this situation you're probably going to screw that up. If you think that you can figure out how to do this without God, let me tell you what the end result's going to be. A bigger disaster than you're in right now. So what you need to do is put your confidence back on him. God, you're my healer. God, you're my redeemer. God, you're my hope. You're my help. You're my strength. You're my peace. You're my provision. You're the one I look to. You're the one I lean on. You're the one I rely on. You're the one I call to. God, You are God of my life. You're the one who's raised me, picked me up out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, dropped a new song, even praising God in my mouth. God, You're the one who's going to carry me through regardless of how hard it gets, how tough it gets, how high it gets. I'm going to just trust You, God. And you'd get confidence built in Him and you will be positioned to humiliate hell. But I'm telling you. You're never going to humiliate hell without confidence. Not confidence because you got enough cash saved up, you can face any problem. Not confidence because you got enough friendships built, you know, on, on, on Facebook, you got 18 million friends. Who cares? not having confidence because I just landed the best job. And I'm not going to lose confidence because I just lost a good one. My confidence isn't in that. My confidence is in God. And I'm going to live that way. And I'm going to talk that way. And I'm going to think that way. And I'm going to communicate that way. And my life is going to demonstrate confidence in Him. Amen? Come on, give Him one more praise tonight. Thank Him. Thank You, Lord. My confidence is in You. Amen.